Hello everybody, welcome back to the It Gets Worse podcast. Today we are going to be looking at the disappearance of Ruth Wilson, which is actually very interesting, so stick around. Um, But before we get into that, how are you? I, for one, am doing well. I went to the gym today, so I feel good, and I treated myself to some smoked salmon for lunch, which is actually kind of bad because... Salmon's so bad for the environment, and also I'm supposed to be a vegetarian as well. So that's not good, but it's okay. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, let's get into today's case. Ruth Wilson was a teen who disappeared from Box Hill, Dorking, in England. The last person to see her was a taxi driver who drove her to Box Hill. She was born on the 31st of January in 1979 and she was 16 at the time of her disappearance. She had dark brown shoulder length hair and a fringe and she had blue eyes. She wore glasses and she was 5 foot 3 inches tall. Her parents are Ian Wilson and her stepmom Karen. They were both teachers. Her biological mother died on December the 10th in 1982 when she was three. Her younger sister, Jenny, was also born in 1982. The family lived in Betchworth, Surrey. She went to the Ashcombe School in Surrey and she was studying for her A-levels at the time, which if you aren't from the UK, then A-levels are basically just like... I mean, how do you explain them? It's kind of hard. They're just exams that you study for for two years, um before you go to university and it's kind of a bit more freestyle than school you get to choose what you're studying you don't have to go in for the whole day so Ruth was in sixth form basically that's what we call it now I don't know if they called it that back then because it's changed a lot back when my mum was in school they called it O-levels I think or maybe that was GCSEs I honestly don't know Anyway, she was studying for her A-levels. Ruth enjoyed reading, going on bike rides and listening to music. She played guitar and piano and she had a Saturday job working in a music shop. So it seemed that she was very musically inclined, which is nice. I'd love to be able to like sing and play piano and guitar and everything, but I'm just I'm just not that musical, which is sad. Ruth also did babysitting where she lived in Betchworth. She was a member of the choir at her local church, St Michael's, and she played the organ and sometimes did the bell ringing for the church, which I think is really cool. Ruth's friends described her as having a quirky personality and said she was extremely smart and maybe a bit nerdy as well. She had a small, close-knit group of friends, which is nice. I think it's better to have a close-knit group of friends than like loads of kind of friends who aren't that close to you I don't know though that's just my opinion according to Ruth's friends she had been talking about running away in the weeks before her disappearance in October 1995 Ruth had learned a heartbreaking truth about her biological mother her entire life she was led to believe that her mother died falling down the stairs in a terrible accident. But the truth was that her mother actually committed suicide by hanging herself. 
And she found this out by going to London and looking at her mother's death certificate. I can imagine that this was really hard for Ruth. Back then, I just think mental illness and suicide was not really talked about um, and must have been like kind of a taboo subject. I think it still is for a lot of people or maybe a lot of cultures. Um, But back then, just mental health in general wasn't really talked about. And as a society, we didn't know a lot about it. Catherine Mayer, who was Ruth's best friend at the time, stated that Ruth felt betrayed by her dad and stepmom. She felt that her life was built on lies and she was extremely angry. Catherine Mayer was due to move to Sheffield, South Yorkshire in late 1995 and Ruth had asked to go with her and stay with her in Sheffield. Catherine's mother recalled that Ruth had slept over at their house one time and Ruth was determined to not return home. She just seemed like she just didn't want to go home, she wanted to stay. Ben Anderton, a school friend of Ruth's, says that Ruth ran away from home a month before her disappearance and hid at his house in Betchworth, but went home after a couple of hours. Ruth's family have disputed claims that she was unhappy at home and they say that she was not suicidal and that they had a happy home life. From what I've read, though, Ruth's friends didn't really visit her home. She kind of went to their houses or they just talked at school. So I don't know if anyone outside of the family really knows what it was like in their home. So now let's look at a timeline of the disappearance. So on Saturday, the 25th of November, 1995, Ruth worked her usual job in a music shop in Dorking. She finished work and went to an Indian restaurant to have dinner with her ex-boyfriend, Will Kennedy, and a school friend called Neil Philipson. Ruth paid for the meal and told Will and Neil that it would be something to remember her by, and this may have been a signal from Ruth that she was planning to leave. That's definitely an unusual thing to say. If you buy someone something, like, this is something to remember me by. I'd be worried if someone told me that. So I'm surprised that they didn't really question it. Or maybe they just thought it was like something weird she was saying. They didn't really think much of it. I don't know. On Sunday, Ruth went to her local church for handbell practice. She then attended a youth group in Dorking and then went to Will Kennedy, her ex-boyfriend's house, for dinner. I think even though they um, broke up with each other, they were still friends. Or I don't know if they were, like, planning to get back together. I don't know what the situation was there. On the 27th of November, 1995, Ruth's parents left for work early in the morning. Ian Wilson, Ruth's dad, was head of science at the local secondary school and he was preparing for an Ofsted inspection. And basically, if you're not from the UK, Ofsted are just kind of people who come to schools and inspect them and give them a rating and basically if they're not good enough then they have to 
like I don't know give them tips to improve or something or like if they're not good enough then people don't want to send their kids there and it's a really stressful time for teachers because they have to make sure that they are being their best selves for the inspectors and put a lot of effort into their lessons basically. So yeah her dad was preparing for an Ofsted inspection he was quite stressed. Due to this um, he was in a hurry that morning and he remembers pushing past Ruth who was listening to her Walkman and telling her to move out of his way. Those were the last words he ever said to her and he regrets telling her that. Karen, Ruth's stepmom, was also preparing for an Ofsted inspection because she was the deputy head of a local primary school. So she was quite stressed as well and had to leave early as well. Ruth and her younger sister, Jenny, got ready for school and they walked to the bus stop together like they always did on school days. However, at the last minute, Ruth told Jenny that she wouldn't be going in with her to school. Jenny didn't think anything of it, though, because Ruth was in the sixth form and she often wouldn't go in for the whole day because when you're in the sixth form, sometimes you only have like one or two, maximum three lessons a day. And you don't there's no point being in school, basically, for the entire day. So you can just stay home. Um, yeah, so she just didn't think anything of it, just kind of let it pass. And also, if she stayed and questioned Ruth about it, then she would have been late for the bus. So she didn't. Um, Ruth, I mean, Ruth's sister, Jenny, though, did think it was a bit weird that she waited until the last minute to tell her that she wouldn't be going to school with her. That's definitely unusual. Shortly after Jenny caught the bus to school, Will drove past Ruth. He offered to give her a lift to school, but she declined. She told him that she'd see him later. He assumed that this meant she'd be coming into school later that day, but this was the last time that he saw Ruth. At around 11.30, Ruth took a taxi from Betchworth to Dorking, which is roughly 10 minutes away by car. At 12pm, she ordered flowers for her stepmother from Thistles Florists on Dorking High Street. She asked for the flowers to be delivered the following Wednesday. Why Wednesday? Was it, like, cheaper if you did it two days later, I wonder? Or is there, like, a significant reason why she said Wednesday? Why not the next day? Anyway, Ruth spent the afternoon in Dorking Library. At around 4.15pm, she took a taxi from Dorking Railway Station to Box Hill. And Dorking Railway Station is 0.8 miles from the library. So I think she walked from the library to the railway station. And Box Hill, a lot of sources have called it a local beauty spot. I have no idea what that means. I looked it up and it came up with like a chain of salons, but I don't think that's what it means um, by beauty spot. So if anyone knows what a local beauty spot is, then please DM me because I have no idea. But that's what some sources say. 
So she was dropped off on a bridal way near to a pub called the Hand in Hand, which was in Box Hill. Um, the Hand in Hand pub is now called the Box Tree, though. The taxi driver records that Ruth acted rather strange. She just stood in the rain as if she was waiting for someone. Um, she didn't, like, walk off because usually when someone gets a taxi, they kind of know where they're going and they walk to wherever they're going. Like, if you get a taxi from your house to someone else's house, you walk towards that person's house. But she didn't. She just stood there in the freezing cold, not doing anything. So the taxi driver thought that was strange. Um, and he says it's as if she was waiting for someone. This was the last time anyone saw her. And that was around at, f- at around 4.30pm. And it would have been dark by 4.30pm at this time of year. It's early November at the moment and it's starting to get dark. Now it's 4.25 when I'm recording this and it's starting to get dark. So at the time of her disappearance, Ruth was wearing a red knitted jumper black velvet trousers, black pixie boots and a small lady's wristwatch on her left wrist. She was carrying small, a small blue duffel bag with a personal cassette player and tapes to go in it. It seems like Ruth was not really dressed for the weather. She had no coat and no umbrella even though it was raining um, and she would have been freezing because it's autumn in late November. She was wearing pixie boots which aren't very durable. Liam McCauley, a retired police officer investigating Ruth's disappearance, observed that Ruth was dressed to get into another car. So it seems like she was waiting for someone because if you don't bring a coat with you or if you don't wear a coat then that kind of implies that you're not really going to be outdoors and spending time out in the rain you're planning to be in a building I mean inside a building or in a car or something later on that evening Ruth's parents became concerned they'd learned that Ruth didn't show up at school and she didn't come home they phoned the police and a missing persons case was opened for Ruth they immediately kind of speculated that this was a runaway case. The taxi driver who dropped Ruth off at Box Hill came forward to the police very early on. Police searched a 100 acres of land in the area of Box Hill. Sniffer dogs, helicopters, a large group of police and volunteers and also heat-seeking equipment were all used in the search for Ruth, but nothing really was found. Box Hill was a popular place for teens to go after school to hang out and Ruth would often go there alone and she would go there with her friends as well to hang out. Some sources say that empty packets of paracetamol and empty bottles of vermouth, which is like wine basically, um, were found in the search. However, I don't think that this has anything to do with Ruth's disappearance. I think that... The packets of paracetamol and the wine, 
the empty bottles of wine were just there because it's a popular place for teens to hang out and I know when I've been to like I don't know skate parks and stuff or anywhere where teens like to hang out there's empty bottles of alcohol and maybe some empty drug things as well obviously paracetamol is medicine but yeah so I don't think that has anything really to do with it some people think that maybe she was trying to commit suicide but um I just don't think it's likely they've never found her body as well and also can you can you really die by drinking like a whole bottle of wine and then like taking paracetamol I don't know it would be bad for you but I don't think you could die from it um anyway some sources also say that cryptic notes were found um under a bush from Ruth to her family and friends as a goodbye and police did believe it to be her handwriting but we don't know what the notes said and I don't know if I believe this, honestly. Also, if there were notes, then she could have left them to throw police off as well, because they could have been there before her disappearance. If she was planning this, then she could have left them there before or after. We don't know. Um, Or someone else could have left them there as well as like a little joke because people are sick and that's what some people get off on anyway shortly after her disappearance Ruth's parents found out that she wasn't actually doing as well in school as they thought she was she hid a report from her parents the weekend before her disappearance and her grades weren't good well we don't know what grades they were but they her grades weren't as good as she had been getting before. On Wednesday, the 29th of November, Ruth's stepmother received the flowers that Ruth ordered um, a couple of hours before she was last seen. And it was an expensive bouquet of flowers with no note attached. Catherine Mayer, Ruth's friend, interpreted this as Ruth sticking her two fingers up at her stepmom. Which in England, sticking your two fingers up is kind of rude. It's, um, my mum does it to insult people. So I think back then it was ruder than it is now. I know like in America and places people stick their like two fingers up as kind of like a peace sign or something. But here it is kind of rude. So people think that Ruth sent these flowers to her stepmom as a kind of fuck you sort of thing. Like, I don't care what you think. I think that it's very likely that that is why she sent the flowers. We can never know, though, obviously. On the 2nd of December 1995, another large-scale search was conducted by Surrey Police and the fire and rescue um, team. They searched the quarry at the end of Box Hill to... Um, look for Ruth further and 60 volunteers took part in the search but no further leads were found. On the 8th of December Ruth's parents appeared on This Morning which is a breakfast tv program 
and they stated that they believed that Ruth was still alive but was afraid to come back home. Almost eight months later, police officers visited Catherine Mayer um, in Sheffield to question her about Ruth. They also searched Catherine's wardrobe because they believed that she could have been hiding Ruth out in her wardrobe, but there was no evidence to suggest that she had. Catherine told officers that Ruth confided in her that she was extremely unhappy at home and she never wanted to be there, but she never said why. Catherine also never visited Ruth's home, so she didn't really have a picture of what it was like at her home and she didn't really know her parents that well. On the first anniversary of Ruth's disappearance, there was an incident at Dorking's newsagents, which is two miles from Box Hill. A teenage girl had requested to buy a copy of each of the local newspapers, but she became distressed and upset when she was told that one of the newspapers had been sold out. The owner of the newsagents reported the incident to police. Police looked over the CCTV footage and Ruth's parents also looked over it. They believed that the footage was of Ruth and that that sighting was actually her. I reckon that friends and family of Ruth know more than they are letting on about Ruth's disappearance because obviously she was talking to her friends before her disappearance about leaving home and running away and if you look at tv footage of her parents um talking about Ruth I don't know they don't I mean to me they seem okay maybe a bit unusual but maybe that's because they're on tv I don't know but a lot of sources say that they just don't seem right so maybe her parents had something to do with it or they know more than they're than they let on. Anyways, now let's get into the theories of what could have happened to her. There are basically five main theories that have been put forward um, in this case. So the first one is a tragic accident. Ruth left when it was dark and it is very likely that she was in an accident because when it's dark obviously you can't see where you're going and something could have happened to her I'm so sorry that's my dog barking in the background um yeah she could have gotten into a car accident maybe and someone covered it up or she could have fallen over somewhere the next theory is an abduction or a murder a young girl walking alone at night is an easy target And it's really sad to say that, but it's true. I mean, any female walking alone at night is an easy target. So someone could have taken her and that's why there's no trace of her. I kind of believe that one. The next theory is suicide. She seemed to be extremely unhappy at home, especially after learning the true nature of her mother's death. So maybe she just wanted to end everything I don't really think that's likely because if she did commit suicide, then where is her body? And also, she didn't really seem suicidal to her family and friends. The next theory, which I think is quite believable as well, is that she ran away to start a new life. It does seem likely. 
she could have obtained a fake ID and a passport and she might um she might not have gotten her national insurance number yet so it probably was easy for her to run away she could have moved countries as well and those are all the theories that I have today Ruth's family still hope that Ruth will return home safe and sound they still think she's alive um they still have the presents the Christmas presents that they bought for her in 1995 they keep the Christmas presents in a drawer and they say that they think she'll prob if she did return home she'd probably laugh at the Christmas presents and at the clothes she wore because they think that her style would have changed so much by now and her taste in music and clothes and stuff. They say that it's torture not knowing where she is or what happened to her. They still deny everything about her having an unhappy home life and say that she was a very happy girl and that they were a happy family. That is all the information that I have for you today. Thank you everyone for listening. If you want to know more about me, then go and follow my Instagram, which is underscore Lolo underscore IS underscore 003. Or go and follow the podcast on Instagram, which is just the It Gets Worse podcast. Please leave a rating and a review if you can. And thank you again, everyone, for listening. Bye.